0: Welcome to another edition of Maverick University. I'm your host, David Hallberg. Joining me today is my pastor, Dr. Keith Gomez, and it's so good to have him with us. And if you want to, you can check out our previous conversations with Pastor Gomez, uh, and then also check out our future conversations on our YouTube channel, and also on the audio-only platforms as well. So thank you so much for joining us, Preacher. Good to be here. You have an extensive pulpit ministry uh, out and about in our country, uh, and uh, I I imagine if you wanted to, you could uh, uh, just fill out your schedule indefinitely. And so, with that experience, you know what it is to be a guest preacher in a place. And uh, we've uh, talked with uh, an evangelist about this topic of you know know, caring for the guest evangelist, Uh, but maybe it's slightly different. We can get your perspective on caring for the guest preacher. Uh, And what kind of needs does a preacher have? And many pastors, they may not get the chance and opportunity to preach out very much. And so, obviously, their perspective is totally different than your perspective. As you are preaching out, you're also trying to manage a ministry back home. What needs does a visiting preacher have? And what kind of uh, things can a preacher do to meet those needs?
1: Well, uh, I've, what I've noticed, and I think uh, many of the evangelists, of course, and I've done the work of an evangelists, and most of evangelists, friends of mine know that I travel every week for these 39 years, and pastor the church. So I've done the work of evangelists also, and um, but these guys are on the road all the time. I have a great heart for evangelists and men that travel. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> what I found out down through the time is preachers who don't travel uh, don't have a right perspective on on how to care for the traveling preacher or the preacher that the guest preacher. Mm-hmm. Um, it's amazing that uh, there's some been taught, and taught right, and they do right, even if they don't travel. But many of them uh, don't have a perspective on on exactly how to do that. Sure. Uh, when I go to certain places, uh, and the preacher, uh, when I see the room, the way it's laid out, and we're no, nothing special, dear Lord. I, I've i stayed in some places I don't want to even talk about right now, but I ain't no big shots you try to be a big shot you are going to be in trouble. It's not a big shot. It's not a big shot thing. It's just uh, traveling preachers uh, have certain needs. I stayed in a, in a motel one time, the Rockin Horse Motel in Northern California. Uh it didn't have a slat in the middle. I was a big boy then and and when I sat in the when I laid the bed, my feet were up, <laughs> my head was up, and my backside was touching the concrete floor. And all he had in the room was peanuts thinking peanuts, I had to shell the peanuts, no water, et cetera. So I I thought that was quite humorous. He's a dear friend of mine, a good man. He sure cares for preachers now, but back then he didn't. Uh, he had to be taught. But anyway, but uh, from the beginning, I you know we we tried to emphasize that. And there's preachers across the mm-hmm. nation. Uh, every now and again, I'm down in Texas Preach for Dr. Danny Dotson. He takes care of me tremendously. Other uh, uh, preachers I preach for everything's uh, in line. I don't I don't demand anything uh, at all uh, b- except water. I, I will I will have my secretary say make sure the preacher has a lot of water. He drinks a lot of water. Make sure he has a lot of water in the room. Um, but man, sometimes I have these. Some of them, you know, they're like for two days, and they got this fruit basket that I'd have to check in the cargo, you know, to, <laughs> to bring it back home. Uh, And I appreciate that. It it just shows they kind of go overboard. But that's a little extreme. So we try to balance it here, temper it out here. But um, I was at a church recently, and uh, it was in a bed and breakfast where they had us. When I walked in, uh, they had this huge fruit basket. Now, we're driving because it was in Iowa, but huge fruit basket. And then on the table, they just all kind of snacks and drinks and in the refrigerator, all this stuff. I was wondering how much did they spend just on that. But they we felt so welcome that they really thought to go to that extreme to yeah. make sure that we had a, not, we didn't have not only everything we needed, I had enough to bring some home and fill up other fruit baskets with other <laughs> preachers we were going to have. Anyway, yeah. uh, it, it's, it's, it's always, it, feel, it makes a preacher feel welcome when somebody, you think through it. Now, mm-hmm. I've had certain preacher friends of mine, and wives when they travel, if they didn't like the motel, they would call another motel to get a shuttle and take one and call the pastor and say, We ain't staying where you put us. I've never been that way and won't be that way. I know another another pastor's wife go in and clean everything. I mean with a with a I mean clean everything. I mean was years ago. Yeah. And so we, we've never been that extreme. But uh boy, you know, to a preacher's away from home. He's away from his family. He's away from his ministry. Make him feel welcomed, loved, helped, um, and and meet his needs. Ask him continually. Or, or has a room? Uh, do, is, do you need anything? Please contact me if you need anything. Try to feed your preacher. You know, if you got a racehorse or you got anything in competition, you feed them right. You do it right. I mean, if mm-hmm. you, if they're competitive, you're gonna at least feed them some decent meals. When and I'm not saying the, the elite restaurants in your area, but, man, if you've got a guest speaker, at least teach him, give him some good nutrition food, nutritious food. Um, i give you this illustration. I was I was preaching in Florida, and a preacher picked me up, I think like an hour, an hour, hour 10, hour 15, 20 minutes away from where he pastored. There was an airport in his town. But he flew me all the way over there because he saved him 10 bucks. What? I mean, that's crazy. And when I landed, it was around probably 12-ish or whatever. So we drove. Oh, it, was, it was after 12. It was about 1. So I hadn't had anything since the day before. that Sunday when I ate supper. So I, 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 I like a bite to eat. Well, he picked me up, and all he wanted to do was talk. So we talked almost until we got to his town, which now we're, talking, we're pushing 2-ish. He said, oh, are you, are you hungry? And that's the first thing we do when we pick somebody up. Uh, our guest speaker this week uh, for the mission conference, soon as we pick it up, we took him out to eat. So uh, what uh, I, I said, yeah, brother, I hadn't had anything since Sunday. He said, okay. So he, he pulls in a Burger King, I remember, and he orders for me. He didn't even ask me what I wanted to order for me. <laughs> and then we went down the street, and he's driving, I'm eating. And so he takes me to his home, and he said... Uh, you know, you'll stay in my home. Uh, and that's kind of, you know, a little bit. And that's been years and years ago. And uh, he said, um, he gave me a little quick tour of his home, his master bedroom, big water bed in there for he and his wife and this and then children. Then he said, you'll be staying here. And it was in the middle of his living room on a five foot six couch. I'm six foot one. He said, you'll be sleeping here in the middle of the living room. I said okay. (laughs) So I'm thinking now how I'm gonna do this and what I'm gonna wear. I, I, you know, I'm a Cajun, bro. We we don't we don't wear pajamas. What's pajamas? (laughs) I never know what that is. Couldn't afford them, number one. So I'm thinking, how in the world is this gonna work? Well, you can't put a six foot one guy on a five foot six couch. And so, I took the cushions off, put them on the floor at night when they'd go to bed, and I'd lay, and that's how I slept. Uh, then I had to make sure that I got up early enough before the kids or the wife or anybody got up right, and mm-hmm. so and then I had to go down the hallway and go into the bathroom. I said all to say that I never said anything. Uh, had a great meeting. Went soul winning every day. Had packed the place out. Just had a great meeting. We're going back an hour and a half back to the airport where you bring me, and he said, "You know, brother Governor, I really, I really, I really, you know, want your opinion on." You know, what can I do to, you know, I'm stuck where I'm at numerically. I can't get any bigger. And Could you help me? You know, what do you think I'm doing wrong? Can you help me? I said, yes, sir, I, probably. He said, well, w- what advice do you have for me? I said, first of all, never, ever. The reason God is, he said, why do you think God's not allowing it?" I said, number one, because you'll put a six-foot-one preacher on a five-foot-six couch, and you'll feed him hamburgers all week. That's all, I ha- that's all I said. And that sounds, that sounds cocky. It's not cocky. It's mm-hmm. true. If, if that preacher, that man of God, will not take care of another man of God, who's going to? Mm-hmm. And why would you do that? You know, why would you? Now, here's what it is. I want to save, uh, you know, $10 or whatever it is going to cost for that week of revival. Mm-hmm. I tell you what you do, keep your love offering or take the love offering, but pay for the motel room. I don't need money. I, I have a pastor, I got a job. Mm. But at least put me in a place that's comfortable where I can at least rest so I can preach and at least feed me, I, and I, hamburgers are fine, but just feed me something, give me a salad or something and a lot of water and let me preach. Isn't it amazing we treat animals sometimes better than we do preachers? Because mm. we feed them the best dog food and uh, mm-hmm. race horse is the best yeah. fodder, and we got a race horse stand in that pulpit every every night preaching that book, and we feed him junk. So sure. I just believe that as a preacher takes care of preachers, God will take care of him, and as a church takes care of their pastor, so will God take care of that church. And when you see a church that really loves their pastor and does things for the pastor mm-hmm. and makes sure that man needs are met it's
0: amazing what god will do for that church and that's just facts so i watch this the preacher has needs in a place to stay uh the food to eat uh and you even talked a little bit about you know time management uh just right. the time wasted you know right. flying to a more distant airport to save a few bucks
1: yeah you know th- i have preacher friends of mine that were that way and they had to i guess because of the size of their ministry brother uh, house lee Robertson, those guys and they all preach for me we preach together and uh, they uh, they didn't like to spend time in the morning and breakfast with any preacher, and sometimes not even lunch sometimes, uh, but they'll do a lunch if they're preaching day sessions. But then immediately they had a time out. I remember the house. I mean, we do question and answer, but at a certain time he's done, he's going back mm-hmm. because of time management. We've still got to preach back home. We've still got to do Bible studies. We've got to do prepare for Sundays. You know, you've got to give us some time to do that. Yeah. Um, you can't dominate all our time, but... Those men could tell those preachers that. I never felt I never felt comfortable doing that. And I had another evangelist friend said, We just need to do I said, Brother, these preachers are having us in to have us. They need us to sit down with them, fellowship with them, help them. So we're there for the meeting, but we're there for them as much as the meeting. Mm-hmm. So we're not gonna we're not gonna play a big shot stuff. We're gonna we're gonna spend time with those guys. But They also need to understand that we do need time, and uh, I try to do that with my guest speakers. I'll take them to lunch, try to do an early lunch so they can be back in the room, have plenty of time to rest, study, even prepare for it when they get home, and i have try to do that.
0: A lot of times a preacher's having another preacher in for a special meeting of some sort, maybe it's a week-long meeting or something like that. Can you talk about taking care of the preacher financially and how a preacher can uh, prepare his people uh, to be able to meet the needs of the meeting that they're having?
1: You know we're in a mission conference now, and I've asked our people to pray about a one-time gift. In other words, this is how mo- this is how most goes in revivals and missions conference and re- regular conferences. All right, it's time for offering now. Uh, usher, let's pray. You know, and get somebody to pray. And the plate is passed. The typical Christian reaches pocket, give a dollar, five, ten, and maybe the next night give nothing, or maybe another dollar or two. Three. So at the end of the the meeting, uh, the typical Christian will give. Uh, you know, whatever. Hmm. At least he feels guilty when the offering plate passing gifts. If you pray about a gift, it may be just one time. Just give one time an offering plate pass, but make sure that whatever you prayed about was a large gift, not a dollar. You know, you give a dollar every time you pass. What you gave five dollars? Yeah. Uh, how about a hundred? How about two hundred? How about three hundred? So I've asked some folks to do that, and they've done that. It's amazing. They they give they give good about anything uh, but uh, but so that's what we do and and again what does it cost and and these speakers these, these secular speakers out there make an extreme amount of money i don't oh, yeah. we're not in competition with them at all mm-hmm. but man that preacher has given his life and if we can't care for the preacher and giving him substantial offering you know what can we so what is the worth of a what is the worth of a message? What is the worth? I was showing this week, uh, preaching his wife, a message that was preached to me when I got saved. Amos 3:3, 3, 3, can two walk together except to be agreed? And um, I think it was my 20th or 25th anniversary here of salvation or something. Mm-hmm. The church here contacted uh, Dr. Bob Smith and asked him. Do you have that message where the preacher, when when the preacher got saved, we went back and checked the archives at Central. They had either thrown the tapes away or whatever. So he found the message in his wow. files. He reworked it a little bit, freshened it up a little bit, and then preached it at his church in Texas. I think he told me like 54 people were saved that that Sunday. He wow. says things still works. <laughs> Said Gomez got saved on it, and it still works. But they took that tape. And uh, sent it here, and it's in a beautiful package deal, uh, uh, and it sits on the mantle. So That's um, uh, that was pretty neat. But it, but anyway, um, getting back to to uh, uh, taking care of preachers, you know, what is the worth of a sermon? I mean, I got saved on that sermon, John Rice preached. I, I my life was changed concerning prayer life. Um, you know, uh, soul winning. I mean. Curtis Hudson, Jack Howes, all that. I mean, what is the worth of one sermon? So when a preacher comes and preaches and pours his heart out, preach the word of God, it's obvious that you ought to care for the man, and we can. Small churches, that if they just took the love offering over the period of time, the man will not pay for his gas or plane fare. Small churches need to prepare through the year, taking offerings continually. We're going to every time take an others offering or a revival offering or whatever you want to call it. Missions offering for the missions conference, so as yeah. they come, they can afford the, the airfare, but they can also take care of it. I was telling Brother Dodson about uh, a small church uh, in Wisconsin. That has wants me every year. I, I give him every other year, but and I probably preach to 50 people there every year. It's it's not even a county. It's not a town. It is a village. And I, the, every year when I walk away, I just I, I weep, man. I mean. Uh, the, the offering is you know forty five hundred dollars, five thousand dollars, Wow. and it's just a handful of people. But they prepare all year long for that meeting. So smaller churches need to do that. Larger yeah. churches don't have to, but we ought to take care of the preacher financially. Take and by the way, let me just emphasize this: on his on his travel, not only his air travel, but his bags. Now they're charging twenty five dollars. $25 to $35 a bag.
0: Oh, easily. So yeah. we, we need to cover that cost too, because that's costing him. Well, thank you so much, Preacher, for joining us and tell us a little bit about that. Enjoyed and it. If you want to check out any of our other conversations with Pastor Gomez, uh, make sure you check out our YouTube channel and also the audio-only platforms as well. Thanks so much for joining us.